0: This is Dr. Kate Walker reminding you that I am not that kind of doctor. Not only that, I'm not a CPA and I am not an attorney. Laws change all of the time. So Texas counselors creating badass businesses should never be construed as legal advice. Always check with your trusted professionals. Now let's get to work. Welcome to Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses, where it's all about working smarter, not harder. And here's your host, Dr. Kate Walker, who gets her horns up when they play the eyes of Texas. Hey, it's Dr. Kate Walker. And this morning, I'm talking about something that is not passive at all. It's passive income, but it's it's definitely not passive because entrepreneurs aren't passive. Um... And it's important because not only can not having a passive source of income be a personal disaster, and I'll tell my fr- my story about my friend, the pizza owner again, um, but it's an ethical, it can be an ethical disaster as well. to you. I'm so glad you're taking the time to badass up your practice and learn some things that will, I mean, basically, not basically, I hate it when say people say basically or honestly, because I'm going to be basic and I'm going to be honest. Starting this business without a plan for passive income is kind of irresponsible. Now hold that, hold that for a second. Hold that space for me. Don't fight me yet. Because You're going to be contributing to a community somewhere, whether you're a school counselor or an agency counselor, you work in a hospital. I know this group is really geared toward folks who are going to do the private practice route and maybe you will someday, but I always tell folks, don't break your arm, pat yourself on the back. It's not that you are amazing. I mean, you are, you should have sunshine beams coming out of your head at all times, but The main thing you need to remember is that in Texas, we are number 50. We do a terrible job of serving our our population that needs our services. So you're going to do an amazing job because people need you. Because there are always going to be mental health issues. There are always going to be family issues. You are always going to be needed. So let's get this idea of scarcity. Let's give it to other professions, right? Because it's not going to happen to us, right? We don't need to be like you know Avon or Arbon and think, oh my gosh, who's going to buy our stuff? Throw that out. We don't want that in this universe. We don't need this in this space because people will count on you. The problem comes when you say things to your clients like, uh, you know, uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. I can't come in today. And they're like, oh my gosh, I had a crisis. I needed to talk to her today. Right. Or, you know, I just need some mental health time. I've been working through stuff with my kids and your clients like, oh my gosh, I feel abandoned. Right, That's when we start working ourselves too hard to the point of burnout. We forget about all of those things that can make us healthy and happy, like you know, hobbies, <laughs> time with our family, who knows, eating right. Um, so when you leave this training today, I not only want you to leave with some ideas for passive income, I should put passive in air quotes, although if this makes it onto the podcast, you won't see those air quotes, you have to imagine them. And I'm going to invite you to take a scheduling challenge, a scheduling challenge. So I'll talk more about that in a little bit. So first, the dramatic stuff. So the story is, and it's a true story because I just got off the phone with my friend this morning who lives in Maine and she owns a pizza joint. This is my buddy who uh, we went to music school together. I'm the bass player. She's the violinist. And uh, now I'm a counselor and she owns a pizza joint. Huh. So there goes to show you music for a living. I don't know. That's another video. So she tells me she's got COVID. I know this time of year is their busiest time, except for like July, right? Because up north, that's busy too. She's having to close her business for four days because she has COVID during something called the Freiburg Fair. She employs about 10 people None of those folks are making any money this week because she is the cog in the wheel, the magic that makes the sunshine. She is the thing that makes the business go round. And that's that's okay, right? Because, you know, if you're the only one that could do it, then you're the only one that can do it. But I guess it's not really okay because she's having to question, not having to. I'm not her therapist, I'm her friend. I'll She's questioning, feeling guilty because she's taking this sick day off for COVID and having to close and people aren't making money. You know what she's not guilty about though? And this is what I was so proud of her for. She's not worried about paying her light bill. She's not worried about paying her taxes or buying oil. They gotta buy oil up there for heat in the wintertime. Crazy. She has an Airbnb in her house. So her big old farmhouse is big enough. She's got a room with a bathroom with a separate entrance. She's become a super host on Airbnb. She's like, no, Kate, I'm fine. I've got guests through the end of October. I've made my mortgage. I've made my light bill. I've made my cable bill. I'm good to go. I'm fine. She goes, I just feel bad for the employees at the pizza place, right? So. I'm talking to you, entrepreneur who won't take a sick day or who does take a sick day, but then sees a dip in their income. Here is the ethical piece of this that you need to know. As small business owners, we take money from our services. Rarely do we have someone at the front desk who is processing that credit card. Rarely do we have a manager or a practice owner or a group CEO somewhere setting our fees for us. So we are the therapist for 50 minutes. And then for five minutes, we are a banker. That's a dual relationship. Don't freak out. That's not, it's not going to get you in trouble. It's just something to be mindful of. So it's it's just a normal part of how we counselors, most of us do business, even you large group practice owners know that really it comes down to you to set the fee for services. I mean, yes, your your practitioners may come back to you and say, hey, I feel like charging $500 an hour this week. Well, that may take a heart to heart. You know, no, I don't think that's really it. So you do have a hand in it. So being that person, and I'm gonna to talk to the single practice owner, the one one person, just you're the only, only person doing the services. What starts to happen is this is a dollar per hour profession, you don't work, you don't take home any cash, right? So you start looking at your schedule. And most of us look at a schedule and we say it's full, but then we have to subtract about 10%, right? 10% for no shows, our clients getting sick and not showing people getting better, having intakes, brand new people who don't show up. So a full schedule is never really a full schedule. It's a full schedule minus, you know, 10 or 15%. Then you start calculating each one of those things. And if you have different rates for different people based on your insurance reimbursements, and you're like, oh, Tuesday is a good day because Magellan pays pretty well, but Wednesday is full of these Blue Cross Blue Shield people, and they only pay $10, And right? Now the anxiety is, is bubbling up and... It's, it's not your fault. This is not a bad thing. Um, but you start to look at your clients like dollar signs, right? It's the nature of the business. It would happen if you were a plumber. It would happen if you were an electrician. you would look at your calendar and you would see them as dollar signs, right? Um, back in the day when, you know, I used to freelance as a musician, if you had to pay your light bill, you would look at Monday and say, okay, I'm making a hundred bucks there. That's going to be, I'll put that $100. That's going to cover that. Okay. At Tuesday, I'm playing at Joe's Cantina. That's going to cover my cable bill. Right. So you kind of look at your month and then you look at your bills and you see where the gap is. So the ethical dilemma with not having a passive income is living from client to client to client, right? Not glory to glory to glory. It's client to client to client. And if somebody doesn't show up, you're disappointed instead of thinking, oh wow, maybe they got better. Oh, I hope they got better and they don't need me anymore. I mean, I'm sure you think that too, right? <laughs> but the initial might be crap, that was that was 20% no show this week instead of the 15 I was planning on. So that, that's the ethical piece. The piece that I hate for you, especially now that we're virtual, is fewer of you are taking sick days now. You're like, well, it's virtual. I'll just wrap a blanket around my lower half and I'll, you know, have my coffee and my whatever I got going on in my cup and I could still do these sessions, right? You're not taking your sick days. You're not taking your mental health days, right? So. This is now ethically gray, right? Because now you're dancing around burnout. Not to mention the fact, I don't know if you do your best work when you don't feel well, right? I know I don't. So not feeling well, powering through, all of those things are great if you're uh, playing for UT football and you beat West Virginia last week. Not so great for counselors, But as a professor, I try to teach that to my students and everybody nods their head like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll avoid burnout, I promise. And then then they go right out in the field. They pack their schedules with 40 people in a week. And the next thing, you know, they're like, I'm done with this field. That's one of the hallmarks of developmental level two LPC associates is this honeymoon's over. They literally want to quit our field. Because they're overworked, they're underpaid, they're dancing with burnout, it's, it's not okay, right? Because remember our goal, our goal is to keep you in the community. So we have ethical issues surrounding your performance, ethical issues surrounding burnout, ethical issues surrounding dollar per hour, dollar per hour, dollar per hour. So it's hard on you. Yeah, 20 hours uh, is kind of my enough is enough button if I, I mean, this is me personally, if I, if I see more than 20, I'm starting to bring these clients with me on date night. I'm starting to bring these clients with me in the shower while I'm washing my hair. It's starting to inhabit my meditation and quiet time in the morning. It's, it's not good for my head. Now you guys probably have your own enough is enough line, and that's okay. And I'm, I don't want to push you on that. You got to know yourself, but let's talk about reasonable passive streams of income. Now you can go look on my YouTube channel and those of, well, everybody in here is a step it upper. So all you have to do is go to your profile, click the one start here, and you will see over 30, I think, trainings we have in there. The one I did this summer in June, I interviewed yoga therapists, uh, podcasters, walk talk therapy people. Uh, one person incorporated um, public speaking as ancillary to their private practice. I interviewed them. I asked them how they did it. Was it scary? Were they able to do the things? Was it too much? So take a second and look at it, Mark. It is called, What did I, I think I called it Uh, if somebody knows it, pop it into the comments, but it's like next steps adding. And I think I made it specific. So one was adding public speaking. One was adding uh, alternate modalities and in your step it up, I'm sorry, your start here course in your profile, it's uh, under new, new things. Somebody help me out here. Um, But it is there and I will post it in the comments for this video. I apologize. I need to, Know my own stuff. I'm Dr. Kate Walker, and this episode is brought to you by the 40 hour training to become a supervisor in Texas. Not just any training, but the Kate Walker 40 hour LPC LMFT supervisor training completely online. It's the only all in one 40 hour LPC LMFT supervisor training course and community designed to grow your skill set and give you more research based resources all in less than 30 minutes a day no bots no bs just a great course to get you up to supervisor the kate walker training 40-hour lpc lmfd supervisor training course check it out And I talked about everything from uh, what learning management system to use to uh, how to design it uh, beginning on a beginner shoestring budget, right? So getting into the nitty gritty, uh, you know, if you wanted to add things like online courses, start with those webinars, then, you know, so not then, here's the reality check. If you are, and I'm talking to you, grad students, LPC associates, folks working in agency schools or hospitals who are thinking about making the leap, right? In my book, My Next Steps Create a Counseling Career, you'll love. I talk about a financial bridge. Now, a financial bridge is like Dave Ramsey says, it's like having three months income in a emergency account at all times, except it looks more like your supportive partner or a family member. Or maybe you go down to the Chamber of Commerce and they offer small business development loans. It is a chunk of cash that will allow you to breathe when you have a month that did not meet your quota to keep your lights on. As you ramp up your practice, don't think you're going to be that one magical unicorn. You might be because you are. Remember, you have sunbeams. Don't think, though, that it's all going to be smooth 20, 20, 20 weeks. You're going to have a 20 week. You're going to have a 28 week. When I say 20, I mean direct hours. Sorry, 20, 28. Then you're going to have a 15. And you're going to think, oh, my gosh, is somebody out there writing bad Google reviews about me? Everybody hates me. Then let's say you get COVID, you have a zero week. Now this month where you were planning on 80 direct hours based on a certain dollar amount, whether it's reimbursement from insurance or you're a cash pay, and you're now looking at 45 hours, that is a 50% cut in pay. With a supportive partner, you're able to talk to them. And if you have not had an honest conversation with your significant other or the grown-up that lives in your house and shares your bank account, you need to do that before you go into business, 100% before you put on your entrepreneur badge, you have to have a conversation. If you haven't, it's time. It's significant other, I'm going to need you to float some bills for the next six months. To a year, significant other. Why? This is you now. Well, because I need a fin- financial bridge. Kate says I need a financial bridge. I need to be sure I'm able to meet the challenge of not enough hours in the month, of keeping my lights on, of paying my rent, of paying my employees. If you have this honest heart to heart conversation with the family member, or significant other who shares your bank account, take it take the cash, take the help, take the money. You're going to need it. So that financial bridge now will allow you to build your own three-month emergency fund. And if you've listened to me before, I always talk about when you're thinking about adding this additional stream, earn a profit with your first business first. So counseling right? You're getting good at it. You've got the practice going. Let's say you you finally have a month where you're making a profit, right? You're feeling good. you got your feet under you. you got your three months salary set in the bank account. Now let's look at adding outside streams of income. So I don't want to sound like I'm giving you two messages here, right? The, the first message is you must have an additional stream of income and rewind to hear all the ethical reasons why. Second message is make sure that you feel comfortable with your practice because nothing's worse than trying to juggle two things at once. I used to get asked all the time, would I please consult, coach, supervise a new practice owner? Oh, and by the way, I just started a doc program. I'd be like, hell no, you've got to go get your doctorate. You've got to go finish that and then start your practice, right? One thing at a time. So if you're gonna do your practice, do your practice, get it going, give yourself a calendar, give yourself a date, a time. Okay, I'm gonna have this going, I'm gonna have three months, and this is a good litmus test, three months salary in a bank account. Now let's add the side hustle. So side hustles that I talk about with folks, uh, online courses, absolutely love online courses as a side hustle. Um I absolutely love having an outside job. So if you're a school counselor and you want to do private practice, maybe keeping both of those jobs at first until you're able to do one. Uh we've talked about the financial bridge with the significant other. I'm looking at my notes. Um If you're able to teach, online universities are always looking for folks who can teach. Now, you don't need a lot of of cash, right? So think about my example earlier with the musician, right? Here's the musician. I've got my calendar. I've got my gig set. With this outside side hustle, if you only want to tell yourself, look, I just need something to pay my rent. Your rent is $800 a month how many courses is that? So if you're developing online courses, right? So you've got your online courses and you're selling them at, you know, a hundred bucks a pop. You need to sell eight of those courses, right? Eight, Eight courses pays your rent. You're not trying to be a billionaire off your side hustle. You're just trying to have a passive stream of income so you can pay your rent if you need to take a sick day. At the end of the month, You don't need the 800 bucks, (laughs) ha ha ha, guess where it goes, right? Because it's profit, you have some choices, right? You can invest it back into your business, hello, tax write-off. You can keep it as profit and go buy some shoes. You can, I mean, you can do whatever you want to with it, but that's $800 that you didn't have before. So your side hustle is going to not only give you peace of mind, it's going to keep the lights on so you can take a sick day right? It's actually going to eventually turn into an investment opportunity. So investment opportunities, let's talk big side hustles. Let's say you wanted to take that $800, put it into an account, and then start buying houses. There is a very uh, uh, Facebook famous therapist who's now taking all of this cash and he's investing in homes, rental income, he's hosting retreats. Now, that's a lot of cash. But if you have a side hustle and you just label it house money and you just don't touch it and you put it in a bank account across town or something that you lose the map to, you don't even know how to get to, that money is going to grow. You just 800, 800, 800. And then you've got the peace of mind, lights on, investment income, or really, really excellent shoes, right? your choice, your money. So here's the the challenge. I I told you at the beginning, I was gonna give you a calendar challenge. So when my husband came back from one of the mobilizations, he uh, decided he was gonna go into the pest control business. He had never really worked in a setting where he made his own schedule and went to people's houses. And so his boss set him down. I don't know why people don't do this for us. And he taught him how to make a schedule. Okay, so you look at your schedule and and you're like, Monday through Friday, eight to five, I'm wide open, right? I can take clients Monday at eight, you know, Friday at three and whatever in between. No, we're not gonna do that. For you, developing the side hustle, because this is what you're gonna focus on now, I want you to take one day off completely. One day, this is a challenge, not homework. You can make it homework if you like. One day off completely to devote to your side hustle. Not side hustle in between clients. Not side hustle if there's nothing better to do. Now, this is one of those things that freaks people out because you're like, but my client on Tuesday, what's he going to do if I don't see him on Tuesday? He'll come on Wednesday or he'll get better or he'll go to another therapist right? We don't remember therapists. We don't do scarcity. Let the other businesses, let the other entrepreneurs deal with that. I challenge you to take a day and devote it to your side hustle. Now, the way I do my calendar, it's, it's a lot of people don't do it like this. I don't understand why, but for me, I like to have my bills paid at the beginning of the week. So I work Monday, Tuesday, I work as long and as hard as I have to until I make what I feel like I need to make for the week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are devoted to my side hustles. Um, My side hustles are I teach adjunct faculty this semester. Don't know if I'm going to do it next semester. Uh, My online courses, of course, I've got that. Uh, I do some business coaching a little bit. So I've got about three side hustles. So each one of those gets a day right? Because it's not fair to my side hustle, to me, to my mental health, to my clients to try to just do a good job in between. And my kids tell me I'm secretly ADD and I can't do that. So let me, uh, so just wrapping up, you must think ethically about side hustles, not as extra and extra work, but as a way to avoid burnout and keep your lights on. So Take the schedule challenge. Take one day a week, no clients, no no kids, no partner, no nothing. Right on that day, like don't make it a Saturday. That's that doesn't count because everybody else is off too. I wanted a day when everybody else is working. Take the calendar challenge and develop your side hustle. Dr. Kate Walker. Thank you so much for listening to Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses. Thank you to Ridgely Walker for her lovely voiceovers at our introduction. And do me a favor, when you get a second, please like, share, and subscribe, and write us a review. That's really how we get picked up by other RSS feeds, and we get this information out to the mental health badasses who need it. Thanks again, and keep saving the world with excellent therapy.